Well, hello, Slate Church. It's so good to have you tuning in today, whether you are watching live online right now with one of our online services, or you're tuning in later in the week on YouTube. We are just so excited that you are here today. And we've got an awesome service ahead of us, don't we, Jenna? Come on, we're feeling good, we're feeling good. Yeah, it's gonna be an incredible service today. Jenna and I, we are, we're calling what we're gonna be doing today, the Culture Corner. We're gonna be coming at you with a little bit of advice and some tips on how you can actually get the most out of your Sunday experience, really. One of our values here at Slate Church is that we are contributors and not just consumers. And so we wanna help you get the most out of your Sunday experience by telling you some of the ways that you actually can contribute, whether you are just contributing in the service today or throughout the week as well. And so the first thing that we wanna let you know about is the chat function if you're watching live right now. And hey, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a comment section down below. And so what we would love for you to do is actually just pop your name in there, say hello yourselves. yeah put a little emoji in there we want to get to know who you are but you can also be chatting throughout the service as well you don't just have to end there what are what are some of your favorite things to say like during oh, a really pop great the clutch. pop the clutch pop the clutch yep. is a favorite we'll bring it back yeah come on is come a favorite, is a favorite. the fire a emoji for how many times <laughs> yeah, Jenna will say come on i think our host team could actually make that <laughs> let's make it happen let's make it happen what's the next thing that people can do yeah, so you can also invite. This is the perfect time to actually send the link out to someone else. Uh, and you can do that via anything. You can do that via text or maybe Instagram. You can DM it. Yep. You can send it on Facebook Messenger maybe if you're into Facebook. You still might be, I don't know. Yep. But uh, yeah, this is your perfect opportunity. There's still time left. We're still got a few minutes until service. This is the perfect time to send the link to someone and get them to tune in to what service is gonna, what's, what's gonna happen today. Yeah. And there's actually gonna be an invite link that will pop up in the chat. So it's super easy for you. All you have to do is press that button. And as Jenna is saying, you can take that link, send it to someone, whether that's a text, Instagram, Facebook. We make it easy for you. TikTok, you whatever your platform is, we make it easier for you to, for you to invite today. Yeah, and you know what? While you're actually gonna tune in to service today, I would recommend you just grab a notebook. Uh, get ready to lean in. Don't just sit on your couch and take in everything as we talk about uh, not just being consumers, but actually contributing. Actually lean in, just get that heart posture there and take notes. Uh, take account of what actually God is speaking to you through the speaker and hey, what parts are sticking out to you? And actually just keep that somewhere. Maybe look back on it later in the week as well. I feel when I do that, that's something that uh, it actually just brings it back. It brings it, I live it through the week as well. And it's not just something that happens on a Sunday, but it actually brings Sunday through the rest of your week as well. Yeah, that's great advice. I think another thing that is so fun, like especially if you are inviting a friend, is to actually debrief afterwards. Yeah. Why don't you just send them a I message, like give them a FaceTime call. I mean, a lot of us are at home right now. It's true. Call up a friend, ask them what stood out to them, and even just have a conversation about what you heard today. I think that could be a really great way to just allow what you have really heard heard through the message to resonate with you but that's not the only thing that you can do throughout the week so we want to let you know about another thing that you can do when you sign a connect card yeah so right now there's going to be a link in the chat about uh, filling out a connect card again when you're tuning in online it's easy just to be in the shadows and just keep tuning in and, and consuming all of our content but you know what this is the time to actually step out and start contributing as well and so in this online season you can actually still be serving fully online i actually uh, lead a team here at slate uh, communications and we have graphics team there's 
photo team, there's marketing and social media. There's a ton of ways that you can actually fully serve online in this season and actually take that next step, meet some people, actually uh, be a part of what we're putting out here as a church and actually just, uh, yeah, make it a little bit more personal, make it your own and not just consume it on a Sunday. Yeah, love that. Who on graphics team made this? It's Come sick. on, this here was Natalie. Oh, uh, Natalie. Natalie crushed it, a great font, great yeah. color, we love it. <laughs> What's the name of the font? The font is Clarissa, super I'm fun name. <laughs> to all the font nerds She's out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. I know that we have just shared so many things with you guys, but there are, of course, lots of ways to engage on Sundays, whether that's in the chat, inviting, connect cards, joining a team. And so we would love for you to take the time to do that. But we're actually about to go into our service right now, and we are believing that it's going to have a huge on, impact on. on you wherever you are, whenever you are watching. So why don't you just take a moment now to prepare your heart for this Sunday, for what's about to come. We're believing God's going to do something incredible in your life. Church. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the lead pastors here alongside my wife, Emma. And we're so glad that you would join us. We've got an incredible Sunday ahead of us. Today is Revival Rumblings X Heart for the House. And I haven't known how to say that, whether it's like Times Heart for the House or whatnot, but I've heard Jenna, who runs our comms team, say X Heart for the House, and that's what we're going to go with. It's a season where we are talking about vision when it comes to Revival Rumblings. We believe the best is yet to come. But we're also going to be talking about generosity. Heart for the House is coming up, which is our once a year above and beyond giving Sunday. And that's happening the first Sunday of May. And so this is just a great, great start to a great, great season. And there's actually some new elements that are going to be coming at you today. And so we're really excited to get this all underway. If you're new with us, why don't you fill out an online connect card at slatechurch.com. Fill that out. We want to make sure that somebody connects with you. Let's uh, let's you know that we're, uh, we're we're so glad that you joined us and give you some more information about who we are as a church. And uh, otherwise, there's an invite button popping up right now in the chat. If you're watching live, we would love for you to hit that and invite somebody. Send the link to somebody. If you're watching and you're like, it's probably too late, send it to them anyway and invite them to next week because we need to be inviting in this season. Uh, listen, we just went into province-wide lockdown. We went from emergency break to stay at home. And uh, listen, a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people need this message of Jesus. Maybe you need this message of Jesus today. Heard again. Let's make sure that we're making this available to everybody else. So, hey, we're going to join in and worship right now after I pray. So why don't we stand to our feet wherever we find ourselves and, uh, and uh, begin to ask God to be a part of what's happening. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. And we thank you that uh, we get to be a part of what's happening here today. We thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of everything going on, that we can gather together, uh, whether it be online or at our watch parties or as family watching in our living rooms. We're just thankful that wherever uh, we are, that you're there with us. In, uh, your presence is with us. And God, we just pray a blessing over this service. We pray this in your name. Everybody said, amen. Come on, church, let's worship. Come on, wherever you are, why don't you put your hands together? We're going to sing. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. 
Listen, every, 
service, we have a little bit of time where we look over some of the prayer requests that have come in over the past week, and we celebrate some of the things that God has done over the past week as well. And so we're celebrating this week somebody who actually got work uh, when they weren't expecting it, and some finances were able to come in for them. Come on, that's pretty incredible. Can we put our hands together and celebrate for that person today? We're also celebrating for somebody who found uh, some housing and provision on that as well. And so that's a pretty phenomenal thing that God is still meeting people where they are and, and providing for those needs. And listen, we're praying for people this week as well, uh, understanding we're going into a, a, just a new season uh, as a province with a, another lockdown and all this stuff. We're praying for people that are really struggling with that. We're praying for people's mental health. We're praying for provision for jobs and for uh, location, whether that be housing or whatever that looks like for people. We're gonna pray for that today. So if you have faith as an act of, of uh, just like standing alongside these people, why don't you stretch a hand towards the screen, whether you're at a watch party or whether you're at home. And if you've got a need of your own this week, we wanna pray for that as well. So why don't you lift your other hand and stretch that towards the screen. We're gonna pray for these together today. God, we thank you so much that the battle does belong to you. God, whether it seems out of our hands or in our control or whatever, doesn't matter how we perceive it, God. We know that it's in your hands and we just wanna thank you for that. We wanna thank you for the provision that people have seen in this week. God, we pray for everybody that's struggling as we head into uh, just you know unknown territory here, God. We pray that you would bring peace to people's minds, that you bring encouragement to people, that you would bring hope to people and God, that we would just put our faith and our trust and our reliance on you this week. We love you, God, and we just thank you and we lift all of this up in your mighty name we pray and everybody said amen and amen come on we're going to continue to worship here today almighty fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our god you shine in the shadows you Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the Wasn't that an incredible song to be singing in the midst of province-wide uh, emergency break, shutdown, lockdown, stay at home, something in there. All I know is we're supposed to stay at home. What an incredible song to sing. We've been singing that in our house ever since COVID started, whenever it was released, because church, this is how we fight our battles, not with our thumbs over social media, um, but actually by praying to God and, and uh, praying to the one who can actually make a change. We just wanna thank, I wanna thank personally all of our worship team that's just been meeting with God in their personal time and bringing the overflow of that to our time of corporate worship. Guys, you gotta lead, you're leading us into worship. We're so thankful for you. So thankful for everybody that makes everything happen here at the studio. I'm just looking around. We've got an incredible team. You can join the team 
and you can, anybody, we saw it. See, this is the thing, and I'm doing announcements for giving, and I, I think that that's okay. But the thing is, is that when you see how great everything is that's happening in the studio and it's happening as a church, it can be tempting to think like, oh, they don't need any more help. But the truth is, is that there's always room for more. And so if you'd like to get involved and, and reach out to somebody that you know that can get you involved, or the easiest way, just fill out another Connect card and let us know that you want to get involved. And that's a great way to make sure that you get involved in so many different areas. And uh, I'll talk about those areas in just a second. I want to encourage us in our giving. Um, we are in our first week of Heart for the House, Revival Rumblings, and it's a great week to talk about giving. I want to bring our attention to King David. He's about to build the temple. In fact, his son's about to build the temple for God, the first temple, and uh, he has this to say about his son. He says, then King David said to the whole assembly, the whole nation of Israel, he said, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. I love that says, the task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. And man, isn't there so many parallels between the season that we're walking into and what David is saying about his son Solomon, who's about to build the temple? Listen, the truth is, is that we're young and inexperienced as a church. There's so many things that we set off to do that we have no clue how to do. The truth is, is that a bunch of professionals aren't the ones that started this studio as a bunch of willing people saying, hey, here I am, Lord, use me. Like, I, I wanna be used to do this. And somehow we figured it out. And and I don't wanna discredit the professionals that were involved in helping us, uh, like Mr. Tim Hutchison and, and Mel Weersman, they're great and they are professionals, but our whole church is built off the premise of we're young and inexperienced, but we're not building this house for man, we're building this house for God. And God enables us as we build this house. He goes on to say, because uh, he's going over the things that need to be given to the temple in order to build it for God. And it says that David begins to praise the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, the whole nation of Israel. And one of the things he says in verse 14 of 1 Chronicles 29, is he says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, God. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Church today, I think that that's the same statement we're making. We're not building this church unto man. We're building this church unto God. This whole, thing's, this whole thing exists for God. And as we begin to give back to him, what I'm encouraging you to give is back to him out of what he's given you. I love the heart posture of David saying, who are we to be able to give as generously as this? And honestly, in the midst of COVID and so much uncertainty, and as we prepare for our Heart for the House Sunday, where we give above and beyond our regular generosity, and as today we give in our regular generosity, I'm asking the question myself, God, who am I to be able to give so generously back to you? Everything I have is from you. So we want to thank you, everybody that's been giving faithfully to Slate Church. Yes, we have a big day on the calendar, first Sunday of May, where we're going to be giving above and beyond. And I ask that you start praying into that right now, what you would have uh, given. But I want to thank everybody that's been giving regularly in moments like this every single Sunday. The truth is, is that our finances have actually grown throughout COVID. And that's a really good thing to be able to report on. Um, it hasn't been exponential, it hasn't been massive, but it has been growth. And so when we get up here, we're not begging for money. The truth is, is that God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. And the thing is, is that he's continuing to move in our church, but this is an opportunity for you to partner with God and all that he's doing. And by the way, you're not giving to get a blessing. You're giving because you've already been blessed by God. And so right now, all of the ways to give are already on the screen. I want to pray for those that are giving in this regular giving moment. Jesus, we thank you 
for everybody that's giving. I thank you for the continued generosity. And my prayer to you today is who are we to be able to give so generously back to you to build this temple unto you, Lord? As we begin to pray into our um, above and beyond giving, at the beginning of May, God, we just pray that you would speak clearly to us. May we not get caught up in the head games that some of us play when it comes to this. Am I giving enough? Am I not giving, you know, all the rest. May we just have a, a, a peaceful uh, a, a countenance upon us that we know that you've spoken. We're just praying for equal sacrifice, not equal giving. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, the biggest announcement today is hard for those. I feel like I already did that. And so you know when that is. Uh, the other thing I just want to mention is you should follow us on social media. If you haven't, we've got some incredible uh, accounts that are just to the left of me. Uh, make sure that you're following them all because these are uh, this is great information that is getting put out to our church and out to the world every single week. We want to make sure you do that. I want to reiterate that uh, to, to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, okay? When you do that and when you leave comments and when you like uh, the video that's put out and all the rest, what that does is it puts us up in the YouTube algorithm. And why does that matter? Because when we are put up in the YouTube algorithm, more people that aren't connected with our church can actually find that. It's like kind of a form of evangelism, really, to like, comment, and share, and subscribe. So listen, do that because it's a great opportunity for us to get the message of Jesus out to people that really need it in the midst of this crazy season we find ourselves in. I mentioned getting involved in teams. I really hope that you do. So many different ways to get involved. But right now we get to hear from the incredible, the incredible, I haven't forgotten your name. I know best name, I'm trying to remember, no, I'm kidding. I work out with him every Thursday, except for not right now, because we're in the midst of stay at home. But I want to pass it off to the incredible Beth Moore and Tanner. I did forget your last name. <laughs> it's all good. It's great, like, but uh, I'm like Seal. I just go by one name. Phil, not Phil. Beth and Tanner, here we go. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Brandon. <laughs> one of the things that we love to do at Slate Church is actually take some time to hear about the ways that God has been and is working in the lives of people in our church family. And as Pastor Brandon already introed, I have the wonderful Tanner with me today. Why don't you give Tanner a round of applause in the studio, at our watch parties, wherever you are right now. Good to be here. It's good to have you back. I know. You've actually been in this, this chair before, and there was just such a resounding demand for you am, to come am back. Am I the first return guest? <laughs> I think you actually might be the first wow, return guest. Wow, I feel guest. like Alec Baldwin yeah. hosting Saturday Night Live. <laughs> We have a cool opportunity today to, to talk about some of your, your story and what God's done in your life, but it's with a different angle, a different mm. approach. We're in a, our Heart for the House series right now, as you know, talking all about generosity and what it looks like to actually surrender your finances to God. And so you and I were just chatting briefly before we sat down here about how you've had some wisdom passed down to you and your, your life and how that's outworked with your, your finances and generosity. So mm. why don't you tell us a little bit about that today? Yeah, I... Um on a number of vectors, I really won the, the parent lottery. My parents are very wise. Um, and I, I was blessed because growing up, like tithing was just something that was ingrained in us. If it was my birthday, I got a birthday card, there might've been some cash in there. And you better believe it was divisible by 10 because it was like, no, 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 that right, that right there, like you're gonna tithe on that. Or I get a check and they take me to the bank, they're over my shoulder, like take out 10%. Because you're gonna, so um, I've been consistent with tithing, but what I realized is uh, until recently, I would say I just wasn't doing it right. From an accounting perspective, I might've been consistent, like always at least 10% since I was a little kid. 
but there's been these different phases where I, when I was younger, I almost looked at it like a tax, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, you get your money and then here's this amount, you give uh, some back to the church. And if you don't do it, then, you know, just like the CRA, like, you know, God will somehow like extract that from you. It's like the HRA, like the heaven revenue agency or something like that. Like he'll extract it at some point. So like, you better give it. And then eventually I kind of moved past that. I was like, no, 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 it's not a tax. My parents again were like, you know, God loves like a cheerful giver and he'll bless you. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Uh, tithing is like a lottery machine. Like I'm going to put some in the plate and like, God's going to bless me. And I believe that it's going to be over and above what I gave. And that's going to be awesome. So then that was kind of like the next transition. And then eventually you start to, again, through wisdom, it's like, no, 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 like God is not Santa Claus. It's not like you put it in the plate and you're gonna get something back that's a little bit more. Um, so then it was like, okay, yeah, God loves a cheerful giver, so just give consistently. And what I would say is then I got to this point where like, yeah, I'm giving consistently and I'm not expecting something back. But uh, what I realized is like, there's a difference between consistency and doing something habitually. And it, became a point where it was just habitual, where I was just, you know, giving consistently, but I wasn't intentional about that. And, and I, I started to find like, it is so important that, you know, this is not just something I have to give uh, because it's my duty and because God commanded us to, and yes, he does, we need to do that, but he, you truly will be blessed but I can't guarantee that it's gonna be a financial blessing you're gonna get back. Like one thing that God will do is giving consistently and being intentional about that will start to change your heart because God does love a cheerful giver and giving out of, uh, out of a place where it should be uncomfortable. And that was another thing I realized, like if it's always comfortable to be giving, then you're probably not giving enough, to be perfectly honest. And that was something that even just uh, drafting off of Luke's sermon a couple of weeks ago about uh, the importance of like, you shouldn't always be at peace with something. And if, if you're not at peace with it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't be doing it. So starting to be at a point where like giving should be uncomfortable, but God will bless you and that he'll change your heart. And then it starts to manifest outside of just finance. It starts to be more giving with your time. You start to, it really does change you. And that's something I've realized. So now I'm at the point where I'm not just giving habitually. I'm being intentional, like, hey, I'm investing in the church. I'm not investing in myself. Like when, you know, before it's like, I invest this and I'm expecting a return. It's like, I'm investing this with zero expectation of return other than that God is going to work in that. But then the other thing is, giving and not just giving and then walking away or just having it habitual. It's give and pray over that. Pray over the people that are going to be stewarding that. Like we know that God is the greatest capital allocator there is, but he also works through people and through the church. So giving and praying over that and praying over that giving and being thoughtful about what you're giving and not just being like, okay, I know I'm supposed to give 10%. So like for me, I have like a calendar invite for myself every two weeks to make sure I go in and tithe online. And I still do that, but now it's like, okay, no, I'm gonna pray over that. And I'm actually gonna like gut check, like, wait, am I praying, am I giving this amount? Or like, are you calling me to give something else? And that's something about Heart for the House that I would say has been uh, a cool experience for me is even last Heart for the House, it was, um, I had been praying about it. I had a specific amount that I felt really uncomfortable about just because it was like way above what I usually do. And then that day, I literally like, um, it was heart for the house Sunday. And I just felt God like very clearly like double it. And I was like, no, I like, I already felt comfortable. Like we agreed on this amount, God, like I prayed about this. And it's like, no, 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 double it. And I felt uncomfortable, but I can tell you, I've never given to the church and regretted it afterwards. And I can say that that did something to me in my heart too. Like God made me uncomfortable but that may help me grow as a person because it starts to uh, extract away from like always being in a position where you're, you're thinking about accumulating, it's just giving. Yeah.
That is so good. There's so much good stuff in there. Really quick, as we're wrapping up, you're someone that has seen God actually work in your life and in your heart since you've gotten out of that habitual giving when you've really focused on making it intentional. For someone that is maybe still in that spot leading up to Heart for the House or even just on a Sunday to Sunday where there's that opportunity to give, what would your challenge be to them? That's a great question. Um, My challenge uh, would be, one, I do think it is important to stay consistent. So be consistent and set set that up uh, for yourself. But I would say for Heart for the House is just listen, like pray to God and, and often and I find this with myself too. Like I'll have a number in my head and I pray and I'm like, I make it a quick prayer. I'm like, God, you're good with this, right? Yeah, no, okay, okay, I'm good, okay. But like, just like sit in it and and, and God will work through that and look for opportunities where um, you see like a real need and how you could potentially be investing in that. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Tanner. That I mean, I know I got something out of it, so I'm sure that the people watching got something out of that as well. So thank you so much for sharing today. And coming out of that, we actually have an opportunity to go back into worship. Just praise God for who he is. And so wherever you are, why don't you stand up, lean in. We're going to take some time to worship together again. Hey, what an incredible testimony of God working in somebody's heart through their finances. And we've got an opportunity to turn our eyes and attention on him today. And so why don't we do that together?
don't you sing that today? Often we can just sing words on a screen, but why don't you make that a prayer in your heart? Why don't you just close your eyes wherever you are? Maybe you need to lift your hands and just say, God, I want to see you move. We want to see you move. Come on, lift your voice. We want to see. We need to see Jesus. We need a move of your spirit in our lives, in our church, in our city, God. We want to see you move. Come on, lift your voice and ask that as a prayer today. We need to see you move. We want to see you move. We want to see you move. We want to see you move. God, we want to see you move. We want to see you move. We want to see you move. a spiritual heritage here and uh, you have the spiritual groundwork is already here and there's an afterglow that I think you feel now people are not attending church today in Canada as they once were but I believe that Canada stands in a very unique position if Canada should have a spiritual awakening and a spiritual revival uh, I think many uh, people throughout the world are looking for a leader they want somebody to emerge well, till the Lord Jesus comes, he's the one that's going to emerge finally as the world leader. Till he comes, Canada could help lead the world in a spiritual awakening. Well, church, we have an incredible um, presentation here for you. Presentation might be the wrong way to say it, but we have filmed 
our revival rumblings part of this season in a different way. And we think that it's really gonna encourage you. Uh, this week we've sat down with, Emma and I sat down with our staff and we had a conversation about the vision of our church moving forward. And we've actually taken that, uh, that conversation and we split it up into three different parts. And we're gonna be showing that over this next season. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, hear a little bit about vision every Sunday. And then we're also going to hear a mini preach on generosity uh, each week as well. And so um, we're switching things up a little bit. We hope that it will encourage you. I wanna remind you, like we spoke a message uh, in our last series, This Is Church, about how we're a priesthood of all believers. And so the purpose of sitting down with staff is not to isolate staff from everybody else in the church. There is no staff and volunteer in the kingdom of heaven. When we get to heaven, there's not gonna be two different lines. We're only all pastors to the world that we live in. Some of us just hold different functions. And so it was easiest in the midst of COVID to sit down with those that hold functions that lead a lot of people in our church to discuss the vision of our church. And so we really hope that this will bless you and make sure that you see yourself in the vision of where God is taking us because it's not just on staff, it's on all of us as pastors to reach out to everybody with the vision that God's placing on us as a church, not as we built a temple unto man, but as we build a temple unto God. So why don't you enjoy this conversation? All right, guys, here we are. About to have a conversation on vision for our church moving forward. And of course, we understand that these conversations come uh, not just from Emma and I, but this is a collaborative effort of us hearing from God, talking to people in our teams about what they're hearing from God. We understand that we're just the tip of the iceberg. We're the tip of the spear for a lot of leaders and pastors in our church that are actually carrying on a lot of the work of what's actually happening. So this is exciting because we get to bring it all up to the surface and share it with our church. And um, Emma and I are just really thankful for uh, you guys and our church and everybody who's leaning in in this season. And we just want to talk a little bit about what God's been doing in our hearts when it comes to the mission, vision, uh, new things coming up that sort of thing. We're gonna pass it around the table a little bit. This is gonna be a conversation that our church gets to peek in on. Yeah. And a big change that's been happening in our church that Emma and I are actually quite excited about is this idea of going from somewhat of a convoluted mission statement to just like really boiling it down to what the meat of what God's calling us to be is. And we can really boil it down to something really simple, the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Go and make disciples. Yeah. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we actually see that Jesus says, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We know that this is a spreading out happening after the power of the Holy Spirit comes on. So Jerusalem, where they were, Judea, the region they were in, Samaria, outside of that region, to the ends of the earth. Yeah. We could just submit, we, like we could really put in here Waterloo, so, you know, you'll be my witnesses after receiving power from the Holy Spirit. You'll be my witnesses in Waterloo, to the Waterloo region, to the province of Ontario, to the ends of the earth. And right now, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves, but we really think that God's been placing Ontario specifically yeah. on our hearts. Yeah. We've been having a lot of great conversations with our church around this over the last uh, little while in, in the office and, and everywhere else. But we really believe if we're to boil down the mission statement, that we could borrow it down to see Slate Church in every municipality in Ontario. Yeah. If we boil it down just even further, we exist to see disciples made of Ontario. Yeah. And uh, this is something that really excites us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sounds huge, right? Like yeah. that sounds like a big deal. But just as we've been talking about in the This Is Church series that we started off this new year in, and as we're talking about it now, even as Brandon just talked about in Acts, how we just mm -hmm. see this happening when the Holy Spirit falls, right. 
And these disciples go out and they are committed to making disciples. They are committed to being witnesses. And we see this throughout the book of Acts. That really brings... So we are actually just taking on that same principle as a church in this season and saying, okay, for Slate Church, it's important that we actually infuse this vision, that we understand this mission, that we grip that this is not just about um, lights and gathering and crowds and um, people. This is actually about... those things are great. Those yeah, things are yeah, awesome. Yeah. But there's a depth here about making yeah, disciples, yeah. being disciples, yeah, and true. then also recognizing that we can't do this without the yeah. power of the Holy Spirit. So I think as a church, we're just kind of turning a corner with this yeah. right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to our focus and our mission and our vision, um, it's important that we get a really good grip on this because it's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's not gone yeah. with the This Is Church series. So we've been talking about this a lot in the office. Like, um, what are the things? What are some of the things that have just been standing out to you as God's been, you know, not only speaking to Em and I, but speaking to people that are on your teams and you guys? What are some of the things that are coming to the surface when it comes to making disciples of all of Ontario? Yeah, I think I think like as I've been processing through this, and we've talked about this like a lot in the office. Um, it's this idea that I think you and I were talking about one time, where it's this mm-hmm. like things don't have to be in opposition with each other. Mm-hmm. Like you can do right. both of those things at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah. And so as we right. like as we're talking about building a depth of discipleship and a depth of your relationship with God and a depth of community and um, like a church that isn't just like doing church stuff, but is in deep right. relationship with God and in, yeah. in relationship yeah. with one another right. and actually changing the city that they exist in. Like that that isn't. Um, like the depth that exists in that isn't like in contradiction with like yeah. having a lot of people be a part of yeah. that thing, right? right? And we don't have to narrow our numbers down to like five or six people in order to go deep. Right. Right. You can do that with a lot of people, as you were saying there, right? Like the Holy Spirit fell and then 3,000 were added yeah, like that day. And yeah. it's like, this is insane. And, and you talked about this idea of like, we can't always choose the pace at which we're going to have to disciple people. And we can be wise about it, but what God is going to open up, he's going to open up at different times. But just keeping that like tension in mind, we're really black and white as people a lot of the time, like it's this or it's that, but to know that we can build discipleship in deep disciple communities. And we can do that with a lot of people. It's just like an important thing that I've been realizing over time that it's not one or the other, but it actually is both. I think we keep coming back to this idea too, of uh, we gather to then we scatter. And it's something Mm. that we say, and we say time and time again and it's so evident too of uh, especially when we look at discipleship and what that actually looks yeah. like like we're gathering together we're rallying right. up but then we actually are, are being called to actually get out into Ontario yeah. and into oh, our okay. into our areas our neighborhoods right. and all that so actually just scattering and acting on that too and that it is complementary it happens at the same time right. it's yeah. not just one and it's not just the other yeah. so I think having yeah. that perspective too actually shifts it too there's, um, we were talking about this idea of like the kind of the qualities that we're going to need to see out of our church mm-hmm. in this next season if we're going to actually make disciples of all of Ontario. Right. It doesn't take a bunch of people sitting back and waiting for something to happen, yeah. but it actually takes people that are motivated and all the rest. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are some of the qualities that we're looking at from our church and just looking to like push people or dra- like draw people in what the, the type of disciples we're trying to make in order to go out and scatter and make disciples of all of Ontario? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're we're looking for people that can be really rooted and committed to their local church, Good. people that actually love Ontario, because yeah. if we're looking at yeah. this mission of, of making disciples of all of Ontario, that's like right. we have to have a heart for Ontario. Yeah, we right. have to yeah. get it into yeah. ourselves yeah. to say like, God, I actually want to see what you yeah. want to see yeah. for this province. Yeah. People that are humble and teachable, people that mm-hmm. don't just want to kind of show up to a church and be served and, and just have themselves be poured into, right. but to actually be committed to serving yeah, and to yeah, be contributing yeah. to what's going on there. And I think like when we can think about this picture of all of Ontario for each one of us, 
um, that's an exciting thing. Yeah. I think for myself, yeah. even of yeah. the, the spaces that I occupy yeah. in Ontario, whether that is my workplace or the coffee shops mm. I go into. Yeah. And today, as I was thinking about it, I was even just thinking like, God, do I actually believe that you could capture the hearts of every single person in my workplace? Wow. And what would happen if you did? Like, what wow. would, how would that change my workplace? How would that change the families that people are going back to and, and their families and then the people that they're interacting? And it's when all of us are committed to actually yeah. Yeah. being pastors yeah. into into not just being mm-hmm. contributors in mm-hmm. our churches yeah. that we can start to see this ripple effect across Ontario. Yeah. So I think this is going to be huge. Yeah. 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 I was like looking over at Nate because usually he has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that's so good. And we see out of the global church, it's becoming easier and easier. Even in the midst of COVID, everything's gone online. Mm-hmm. And uh, with everything going online, it's like all of a sudden people pick like a smorgasbord of what they wanted at a church. Right. Like, yeah. well, I like, uh, you know, this worship from this church, like Maverick right. City Worship. That's like my, my jam. But then I really love listening to Andy Stanley. Um, <laughs> which, listen, Andy, I don't know why I made that a joke. Like, Andy Stanley's great. Yeah. But, um, you know, Andy Stanley and then this and that, whatever, right? And they've been picking a smorgasbord. And the truth is, is that we need less consumers a part of our yeah, church yeah, and more yeah. contributors. Yeah, yeah. That's so you know, that's not just an axiom, but that's actually the type of person that we need to see. Yeah. 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 You were going to well, say something. I was just agreeing in the microphone with what you <laughs> Oh, saying. you wanted to, like, make sure. <laughs> no, but, but really, like, it, it is important. And, like, some of these, these, it's been cool that these aren't just conversations that we're having, yeah. like, in the office right. and sitting in the office yeah. and talking about it. Like, these are actually things that we're outworking yes. in the different ministries in our church and stuff like that. So, yeah. and, and it's not things that everybody would see. We were having this conversation the other day, like, right. we aren't putting so much of this emphasis on like what we're doing on Sundays, but so That's much right. of our time and our drive and our focus and our conversation right. and like yeah. staff energy yeah. and all this stuff is going to things that are unseen on a Sunday right. that are just like yeah. building the health of what we're doing as a church. Like even our, our family's ministry, we've uh, kind of rebranded that whole thing from being like kids ministry to like family's ministry because mm-hmm. we're right. looking at the family unit and how do we yeah. resource parents yeah, yeah, to yeah. raise yeah. their children well. So good. Yeah. Talking with um, Sarah Ruth, who like uh, you guys know, but many might not that she leads our, our family's yeah. ministry and that question of like what does it look like if somebody is born into our church and then graduates high school yeah. what does their dis- discipleship look like over those years are they coming out of if they were to come to everything we did are they coming out with a, a firm biblical foundation of what it looks like to be uh like spiritual formation and what it looks like to live like christ in, in their day in and day out like what is that discipleship track for them how does how does youth interplay with that and then and then where do they go after that with the rest of our church even just doing things like in worship like songwriting and we we're able to see that on a Sunday, which is cool, but all the effort that's going in to be like, hey, what is God speaking to you? And just oftentimes focusing on what God is saying to you in a moment is something that we don't do. We just kind of move through our life. So even for songwriting, how can we put some of what God is doing in our church to song to then sing back as a unified body to say, like, we're gathering around these principles or these ideas or these moments Mm. that God is bringing us through as a church? And that's just like a couple of the things, but it's been like really encouraging to me who has grown up in church and seen, like, again, we did traveling church ministry. I've probably been to more churches than, like, I can safely say pretty much anybody that I know (laughs) in my life, except for other people that did this. And to know that, like, the the value is being placed on the right things, the heart is being put in the right areas, the energy, the money, the time, all that stuff. Like, we're not just doing it to, like, uh, draw crowds, but we're doing it to, like, if crowds come, amazing, that's great. We want more people to come into into this message of Jesus Christ, but we're doing the right things for the right reasons, and just the buildup of that over time, I'm really excited to see where that takes us as a church. 
We're talking about when we make disciples, like so often we focus on the words of Jesus and right. making sure the words of Jesus get into everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's great, but sometimes we just create like highly intellectual people that get really like almost obese on their knowledge of right. Jesus Christ without living it out. Yeah. And we know, of course, in Scripture, it tells us that even the demons know Scripture. Yeah, it's like right. knowing what Jesus says and accurately what right, Jesus yeah. says yeah. is not enough to yeah. be a disciple. Wow. Yeah. But it's right. not just the words of Jesus, it's the way of Jesus. And so I know that we're going to be uh, launching and trying something really Come cool on. coming up. Yeah, yeah. No, we are uh, looking at the ways of Jesus, how to actually... Uh, document that in a way that's tangible for people too. I think really excites me too just to give people a visual of what that is. So something that we're actually working on is getting a vlog up and running and actually letting people peek into like, okay, what does a life with Jesus actually look like? Walking with Jesus. And this idea that this phrase that Pastor Brandon keeps talking about too is follow me as I follow Jesus. So actually looking at that, okay, what does it look like to walk in discipleship? And what does it actually look like to actually live in the way of Jesus and not just know the words of him, but actually walk that out too? So, so exciting just to even get in the brainstorm of that. And I mean, that's going to be coming up in the next little bit too. So super exciting to see the vision behind that and the heart behind it too, of just actually communicating what that way of Jesus actually looks like. Yeah. I think it's cool. When we're talking about going to the ends of the earth, I did a talk for a, um, a uh, it was called Faith Tech and they had these talks and I did this talk like years ago on this idea of what does it look like to send missionaries into the new worlds that have been created. Yeah. We've sent missionaries to all these different countries and honestly they're sending missionaries back to us now. It's like you guys are more messed yeah. up than we are. You know like you guys need Jesus more than we do at this point. Um, but there's been new worlds that have been created online that the church isn't inhabiting um, or maybe not to the degree that we would have been fighting for them if it was like a physical place in our world. And one of these places is YouTube. And we want to take more chances like that where we're willing to go, you know what? If there's going to be communities in a world that exists within this environment, let's be there. We know, I mean, it's, it's just so cool to watch your, your uh, vlog take off. And, uh, but that's like, a, you're like a modern day missionary on, on, on YouTube. And it's something that we get behind us. I mean, I'm, I hope to be one of your biggest supporters because you're preaching Jesus to a bunch of people that wouldn't find church otherwise. And so what a cool introduction to church, but to just stumble upon this like church's vlog. And all of a sudden, one of the things that people have a really big problem with when it comes to church, which is transparency, authenticity, you know, what actually happens behind the scenes. All of a sudden we're like, Take a look at it all. Yeah. We've got nothing to hide. Yeah. It's as pure on the uh, uh, inside as it is on the outside. Yeah, really so it's really cool stuff. I, I want to highlight, I just really want to highlight the one thing that I just kind of said and we breezed over. Mm-hmm. But to make disciples of all of Ontario, that's, that's the mission. That's right. the vision. Right. Yeah. Um, but a cool, and uh, Peter Drucker would call this a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. Our BHAG as a church <laughs> would be to see uh, a slate church in every municipality within Ontario. I don't know about you guys, but when I see a future where um, there's a slate church in every single municipality, uh, that gets me really excited. I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Absolutely. You know, there's so much vision around this table, right? There's so much vision that's infiltrating all areas of our church right now. There's some exciting things that we've already been doing and already transitioned, you know, caring for our city and being a part of what's going on with our studio. And there's so many of those things happening. And then there's these new things that are going on. And of course, one of these things that we are launching into and we're excited about, of course, is locals. Yeah. 
Come on, how awesome was it getting to hear some of the heart and vision of our pastors for our church in that conversation? Uh, I love just getting to serve under our lead pastors, Brandon and Emma, uh, and just getting to be a part of this vision that they have for making disciples across our province uh, and just getting to be a part of a church that's so excited and on fire for what God is doing. My name's Nate. If we haven't met, my wife Emily and I are on the leadership team here at Slate. Uh, and today I'm actually gonna be giving a message around our finances and our generosity. And we're in this season of revival rumblings times heart for the house. And we had this really awesome discussion where we're sharing some of what's going on in our church, some of the vision that's happening. And there's gonna be this opportunity at the end of this series to give above and beyond in our heart for the house Sunday uh, towards that vision. And we wanna make sure that as we actually ask you to give, as we actually ask you to support what God is doing here at Slate, that we're also equipping you to actually do that with the right perspective, the right understanding, that you're not doing it out of a place of obligation like you have to, or out of some like weird expectations of what you're gonna get from it, but actually through a solid foundation and an understanding of God's generosity for you and what he's actually done in your life already, uh, whether you've realized it or not, and the way that he he wants his economy to operate. As we get into this today, I'm gonna to take some time uh, and try and break down this idea of God's economy with this metaphor. Uh, and maybe you're somebody who listens to The Bible Project. Uh, it's a podcast uh, and like they do a bunch of videos and stuff. And if you've listened to their generosity podcast, this will sound familiar. I'm just gonna get out there and say, it. if you've heard that before, uh, I definitely uh, borrow quite a bit from there. It's this really good metaphor around the banquet or the party and seeing God as a generous host who has invited us to this party, to this banquet, and is actually uh, wanting to just serve us uh, and, and give us this abundant life uh, and actually resource us for everything that he's called us to. Uh, and so we're gonna jump into that. And as we do, I wanna start off by reading some of the words of Jesus. Uh, this is Jesus in the book of Luke. He's talking to his disciples. Uh, and I'm gonna read like a pretty long segment of it here today. Uh, as I go into this, as I read it, um, I'm reading from the message version so that it hopefully just speaks really easily to our ears uh, as we're listening. I just wanna encourage you to reflect, uh, to lean into what Jesus is saying and what he's talking about, God's economy uh, and, and, and his way of seeing our finances. He says, don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or if the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your inner life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the ravens, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, carefree in the care of God. And you count far more. Has anyone by fussing or worrying before the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? If fussing can't even do that, why fuss at all? Walk into the fields and look at the wild flowers. They don't fuss with their appearance. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds, you don't compare to the flowers. The weird pull. If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Jesus wants us to chill out a bit, to not be so preoccupied with getting, this is really good, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to what God is giving. 
People who know God and the way he works, uh, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Be generous, give to the poor, get yourselves a bank that can't go bankrupt, a bank in heaven, far from bank robbers, safe from embezzlers, a bank you can bank on. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Come on, let's pray. God, I just thank you that you are an abundant, generous God. I thank you that you have so much love for us. You provide for us everything we need and we can rest without fear or worry uh, and just enjoy the banquet and the life and the provision that you have prepared for us. Pray this in your name, amen. You know, I'm looking at this and I think the one part I really wanna highlight is where Jesus says, uh, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things but you know both God and how he works. And he's talking to his disciples here. And I wanna make sure that after our brief time together today, uh, we as a church actually know God and begin to understand how his economy works. I think as we're reading through this, uh, I personally get a little freaked out by it. Uh, Jesus is like, go look at the birds in the sky and like see the way that they're fed. And he's like, go like take a walk and check out some wildflowers and like, look at how pretty they are. I'm like, man, Jesus, you're sounding kind of crunchy here. Like this is a little granola. It's a little hippie. I think that if Jesus was around reading this, he might live in Vancouver. He's like kind of a West Coast vibe. Uh, and, and I look at it and it kind of makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, Jesus, like, yeah, this is great. But like, I want to provide for my family. I want to build, I want to have a house for the future. I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my finances. This just sounds kind of irresponsible. And I think the reality is so many of us react this way. We get made uncomfortable by Jesus teaching here because we actually have a scarcity mindset. You know, I, I, I was an economics student in university and uh, the first two things they teach you, number one, that there are finite resources and that there's not enough to go around. And number two, everybody's greedy and is gonna try and maximize everything they can for themselves out of life. That's the basis of economics. That's like the breakdown. And I think it's actually the scarcity mindset that has completely invaded so much of our thinking where we're always worried that there's never enough when God is saying, I love you, I am an abundant host and I provide more than enough. It's why I love, it's why I love this image of a party. God is this host and he's welcomed us in and he's saying, hey, I got enough for you. There's some pierogies. There's like some deviled eggs. That actually kind of sounds like a lame party. There's better stuff than deviled eggs. There's roast beef. There's three kinds of cheesecake. It's just, it's totally amazing. It's just overflowing with food and it's coming out and we're all there and we're enjoying it. And then it's all of a sudden like Dan's in the dining room starting to hoard the deviled eggs. And he's like, hey, like, I don't know. I just, I'm worried that there's not enough. It's like, hey, wait, I, I'm just worried that, that, that we actually are, we, I, I'm not gonna be able to provide for myself and my family. What if the food stops coming out? What if there isn't gonna be any more? What if I, 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 it's actually more responsible for me to actually kind of keep these deviled eggs for myself? Hey, hey, you know, I would love to share that, but, but I, I have kids, I gotta take care of them. I can't be that generous. I'm, I'm just, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm just looking after them. 
And it's like we've gone to this party and we've committed the worst possible party foul, starting to actually uh, delegate all the different rooms and, and, and break ourselves off into factions and start to hoard things and consume as much as we can while we're there because we're worried it's going to run out. And it's this wrong perspective of scarcity when we should have uh, a thought of abundance. We actually see is what happens all throughout the narrative of scripture. God creates the garden. He creates a place with more than enough. And we as humans allow sin to enter in. We commit the party foul. We begin to actually take things into our own power and into our own hands. And God consistently tries to redeem us. He does this actually through his blessing and his favor. He blesses and he shows favor to Abel. He shows favor to Abraham. He shows favor to Jacob. He shows favor to the Israelite people. And he's, it's like him pulling somebody aside at the party and giving them a tray of food and being like, hey, things got a little weird out there. People are fighting. People are hoarding. Like, I need you to just go out with this food and just show everybody that like, hey, we can be generous. We can be open-handed. And, and God tries to use people and bless people and show favor to people so that we can actually begin to showcase his generosity in the proper way to carry ourselves at the party. Uh, but, but it can never fully work because he was working with humans and we're broken and we're flawed and sin kept entering into the picture until finally the sun showed up. Jesus shows up. And, and it's so cool because he is both a participant of the party, but as the son of the host, he also has the authority of the household. And there's something really powerful about Jesus coming in to this broken, messed up, jacked up situation that you can't even call a party anymore and actually giving us the greatest gift of all. Reversing our scarcity mindset by giving us everything and asking for nothing in return. By actually sacrificing himself and rising again so that we could have life and life more abundantly. So we don't have to live in our fear. We don't have to live in our worry. We don't have to live trying to hold on to every cent. But we can actually live with an abundant mindset and abundant perspective. Come on. See, with Jesus, not only are we guests at the party. Not only do we have more than enough, but he actually says, no, not only are you guests, you are sons and daughters. You're actually part of the household now and you get to be taken care of by the host. I think that's so powerful and something we can rest in and lean on right now. And, and how do we do this? Jesus says, steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provision, steep yourself in it. So my challenge to you this week, if we actually wanna see a change in our hearts, if we wanna to shift to a mindset of abundance, is to actually get a little crunchy, get a little granola. Why don't you go for a walk this week and look at some birds and take some time and contemplate them. Think about God providing for them. Hey, take a look at that tree or that flower and just enjoy the beauty God's creation and his nature. Reflect on the things that God has done in your life, the ways that he's worked in your situation, the blessings that you have to be born where you were born, to live where you live, to have, the, to have food on the table like you have food on the table. And why don't you take some time this week just to rest in God's faithfulness, to thank him, to steep yourself in his provision. Hey, if you're here today and uh, you, you aren't part of the family, you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, to say that he's your Lord and your savior, that you actually wanna be uh, one of his disciples, one of his followers, you wanna be a part of this family, a part of the party. I wanna give you that opportunity right now. 
So if you're at a watch party, if you're tuning in live online, if you're watching on YouTube later, wherever you are, I just wanna encourage you, everybody close your eyes, bow your heads. And if that's you today, and you wanna make that decision for the first time to follow Jesus and accept his invitation to be part of the family, I just want you to raise a hand right now. Wherever you are, just raise a hand. This is just your declaration, your way of saying, God, I accept you as my savior. Jesus, I accept your sacrifice and your invitation, and I wanna follow after you. That's the best decision you could ever make. I just wanna pray for you right now. God, I just pray for everyone making this decision, for those deciding to follow after you and be a part of your family. I just pray that we would be able to accept this gift that you've given us, that we would just be excited about joining your family, Lord God, and that we would just be ready to follow after you, living out your way and following in your footsteps, Jesus. I just thank you so much for those making this decision. As we know, it's the best decision they could ever make to enter into a more abundant life with you. Pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. Come on. And if you're here today and you just want to get a deeper revelation of God's abundance, of his love for you, of the fact that you can leave your greed, your scarcity mindset, your fears and your insecurities around your finances at the door, uh, I just want to take an opportunity and pray for you as well today. God, I just thank you for every single person here. I just thank you for how much you've blessed us just being in the West and, and in the society that we find ourselves in, Jesus. And I just pray right now that as we're here today, Lord God, that we would just get a radical revelation of who you are. We get a revelation of your love and your abundance, that we would lose our scarcity, we would lose our fear, we would lose our hoarding tendencies and our consumption tendencies, and we would just release it all to you, Lord God, and know that you are powerful enough to provide for us pray this in your name. Amen.
Church, what an incredible Sunday. Uh, we're so thankful for what God's doing in our church and uh, so thankful for Pastor Nate's message. Can we just give him a big round of applause? What an incredible imagery for us to hold on to as we pray into what God would have us give above and beyond on May 2nd, Heart for the House Sunday. And those messages are leading up to that. And we're really looking forward to uh, unveiling the rest of what God's sharing with us as lead pastors through those conversations with our staff, not just for this month, but for the coming years and what uh, this is going to look like for us. We're really, really thankful for a great God that's giving us big vision uh, moving into the future. If you just made a decision to follow Jesus, please head to our website and let us know by filling out a connect card online. Uh, marking off that you want to know more about Jesus and that'll give us an opportunity to connect with you and make sure that you have everything you need on this new journey of faith. It might be a decision that was made in private, but it's meant to be lived out in public. And so we want to make sure that we connect with you. What a crazy good Sunday. We're thankful for you all. Thankful for our church. Thankful for this season. And in the midst of uh, an Ontario-wide lockdown, we just want to pray God's blessing over you. Make sure you're connecting via Zoom, uh, porch visits, whatever else you got to do. Make sure you're staying connected in this season. We will come through this. I really believe that. And we are going to have an incredible summer. I believe it with all my heart. So let's keep praying God's favor over our province. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next Sunday.